Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Element City Church. We are thrilled to have you here, whether you're on site with us in-house or tuning in from your house and, and worshiping online with us. Uh, thanks for joining us, especially if you're new. Uh, and if you are new, thanks for taking some courage and coming to us or dialing in from where you're at. Uh, we hope tonight is a great night. And I want to start us off with a little video celebrating you, celebrating your generosity. Uh, remember the Blessing Project we did in December. We said, hey, we're going to give away 10% uh, of what comes in in the month of December. This week, we got to deliver that to Gospel Rescue Mission and to uh, Caring Ministries. This video, Ivy Roll It, is a little bit of recap of some of their ministry and what they're about, and I'll let them kind of tell you a little story of where they're at. So watch this for a little bit. Okay, hi, my name is Blake from Caring Ministries. I'm the doc supervisor here. I wanted to say thank you, Elements, for all your support and for the volunteers that come. Uh, just to let you know a little bit about Caring Ministries, we have over 64 distribution sites. We recovered over 5 million pounds of food, also shipped out over 5 million pounds of food. We gave out over 120,000 food boxes this past year. Uh, due to the volunteers coming with the epidemic and everything, we, uh, people came and we made the food boxes. Elements Church as well, and we, we have the largest faith-based food rescue in Arizona, and we thank you for your support. We couldn't do it without volunteers who are the lifeblood of Caring Ministries. We opened this center in about 2008. We bought it in 2007 and then remodeled it. The reason we purchased this transitional house was to give the women an opportunity to move from our enclosed environment in the shelter and program into a little more self-sufficiency and independence uh, where they could uh, be, have accountability amongst themselves instead of us overseeing them. The other uh, the benefit to it was we were able to open up about eight beds at our former women's center, which gave us uh, opportunity to serve more women since we moved eight women to this transitional house. It's been a great house to have. We've served probably over 80 women here since 2008. Uh, they stay here from anywhere from six months to a year, maybe a little longer, as they stabilize in their jobs and raise uh, save money to move out into an apartment or get low-income housing. Uh, they also can go to college while they're here. So many of them have gone to Pima College or even the U of A, and we have a scholarship fund that helps them even with that. So it's a, it lets the ladies move from really a very structured environment to a little bit more freedom and accountability where they become self-sufficient and independent. So it's been a great uh, opportunity. And from this transitional house, we looked down upon the hotel back in 2008 that's right below us here, and uh, we uh, just knew God had that hotel for us for the new women's center. So we went ahead and purchased that a few years uh, later and uh, moved into that in 2011. So it's been a great transition for the ladies and for the Gospel Rescue Mission, and thank you for your support to allow us to be able to serve these women and children here. 
So just a, a little report back. Uh, you can watch that on our YouTube channel as well if you missed any of that. But thank you to all of you who just so generously give uh, as a partner uh, in, in the ministry, in the kingdom. We say all the time it takes real money to do real ministry, and then it allows us to do ministry and to be a blessing. So uh, that may be something we do every December, uh, turn around and bless those uh, here in January. So thank you for being a part of that. Again, if you're new, we'd love for you to fill out our connection card online, or you can open up our app and fill that out. Uh, the app App is free. Download. This Wednesday is the next virtual lunch. I'd love to hang out, meet, greet, and eat with you uh, from wherever you are. Zoom in. All the information is on the app. And then this is our third week starting tomorrow of our 21 days of prayer. So I invite you to jump in with that if you haven't been or to kind of re-engage with that. There's prayer booklets out there or you can download a digital copy from the app. And I want to give a shout out to Hannah. Hannah, where are you? Hannah designed all of this and did an amazing job. <clears throat> she will now yell at me for pointing that out because uh, she doesn't like that. But Hannah, you really did a great job. We're grateful for it. So Serve Sunday is coming up February 7th. I'll tell you more about that at the end. Tonight we're praying for Vineyard Community Church. That's the church of the week. And my good friend Chris DeHaan, who's the pastor over there. So if you're here in the house, would you stand up with me while we pray? If you're at home, we're going to pray and launch into worship. So glad to have you all with us tonight. Let's have a great time. And let's ask God to be present and move in our midst. And so, Father, we are grateful um, for, uh, for Vineyard Christian Community Church, for my buddy Chris. I pray your blessing over his leadership, his leadership team. Uh, would you continue to fund and uh, fuel the mission of a vineyard. We pray your blessing over them. We ask that you continue to expand their reach and, and how they're reached with the, the different schools right around them, which continue to give them influence and blessing there as you've done for the schools that we're partnered with. Father, we pray for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to, to live out generosity and we want to continue to be a church that does that more and more. And in this next hour or so, God, would you let your spirit move in our midst Stir our hearts uh, for the passion and the mission that you've given us. Would you refuel some people who are maybe coming in on empty? God, would you minister to hearts of those that are broken? And would you inhabit the praises of your people as we sing and worship and aim our attention in your direction tonight? Would you move in our midst, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Top elements, let's see those hands, come on. Need your help. Salvation tearing through the dead of night. See the kingdom burst into color at the speed of light. Freedom shaking up the atmosphere. As the shadows fade into nothing as the day appears Beyond the skies
Take us back to an unswerving faith in the power of your name. A heart beating for your kingdom to reign. A church that is known for your presence again. God, 
Unswerve of faith in the power of your name, a heart beating for your kingdom to reign, a church that is known for your presence again. Could I? 
nothing could ever come close nothing no one it's you and you only nothing could ever come close
You know, we're going to sing uh, a song. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't sung here before. Um, it's just kind of a song that's, that's really, really kind of special to me. And, um, you know, Jack's going to be coming up here in a little bit talking about um, the value that we have as elements uh, to send, uh, to send our, our church. And it reminds me of um, a moment in time when uh, some of you guys know we, we have a little sweet uh, girl from, from Uganda. And... Um, there was a moment in time where we were going through the adoption process and, and we were, we were there and, and, um, you know, this, this, this gentleman came up to us and, and talked to us and, and just, he looked her in the eyes and it was one of those moments where, you know, our, our God ordained, um, the spirit is there. It's almost um, just so thick, right? Um, and he looks at her and says, you know, knowing that, that we're taking her home and, um, knowing that she, she was, was orphaned and, and, um, he looks at her and says, you're, sweetheart, you're one in a million. And it was just that moment that, that kind of struck me that, that, sh- that we were able to do that for one. And there are so many thousands, millions. And not, I mean, it's not Africa. I mean, it's, it's down our streets, guys. It's in our communities. There are people. They just want some love. They want a taste of who Jesus is. And so as we, we sing this, this song, I, you know, it's a song that probably most of you don't know, but I want you to just kind of listen to the words. And you can join in and sing, but it's a declaration to say that I want to follow Jesus into the broken places. Now, this isn't about me. This isn't about us. This is about sending us to the places that need the love and the mercy of Jesus the most. And friends, I want to ask you, let's set sail on that path, on that journey together. Jack will talk more about it later, but um, the harvest is ripe. Let's sing. Yeah. 
Father, by the blood of your Son on the cross, that you came for each and every one of us, that we could have life to the fullest. You call it abundant life in your word. Man, we're the lucky ones. Maybe we're that one in a million. The truth is, is you came for all. May we bear that message and bear it well and bear the responsibility to deliver your love, your hope, your peace to those around us. In your name, amen. You guys can have a seat. Amen. We could end early because Gabe summed it up. That's what we're about. And, um, you know, I, I'm grateful to have you here, uh, again, either on site or online, tune it in. Uh, we've been in this series for a little bit, so I want to kind of go back and catch us up a little bit. If you've missed some of that, I want to invite you uh, to either open up the app, and you can go down to Sermon Notes, follow along tonight, or you can, uh, if you've missed any of these weeks in January, I uh, really want to invite you to go back. This has kind of been what we called an Elements Refresh 
uh, where it's really kind of narrowing into what we feel like God's putting on us and putting before us and what we want to chase after. So if you missed any of that, uh, Lyle's first message in January, the last couple, I invite you to go back for that. Um, How many of you have nieces or nephews, brothers, sisters that you mail stuff to? Three of you, perfect. So you got great family dynamics uh, happening. Um, I don't know about you, maybe you have bought something online. Uh, How many of you have purchased something online in the last year and it has shipped to your house? And no one was like a porch pirate and stole it. Like you actually got it, you got the box, you opened it up, and it was there. I don't know if you realized, but Amazon in 2019 delivered 2.3 billion packages in the United States. That's crazy when you think about it. It gets crazier when you think about the other carriers as well. Uh, I think of FedEx delivered 3.1 billion in 2019. UPS did 4.7 billion, and uh, David, I figured out why you're tired, because uh, of USPS, uh, 6.2 billion uh, packages delivered from there. And so if you add all that up, you realize experts are kind of estimating that within by four years, 2025, we'll have close to 20 billion packages being delivered in the United States. That's not the world, that's just our home. Does that not blow your mind when you think about it? Now, how many of you have enjoyed the luxury and the wonderful uh, just privilege of being able to order online and you don't have to go anywhere and it comes right to your house and you're like, this is like the best invention since sliced bread. And I don't know who invented sliced bread, but they like sliced it and I eat it. And like, this is pretty awesome, right? And so you hear the projections, you go, this is going to go more and more and more. And yet, what I want us to understand is against that backdrop, which is an incredible privilege, Right? It's an incredible just invention that we have the ability to do that. But I think, if we're honest, there is a potential tendency that that kind of backdrop, that kind of setting could almost breed a sense of self-absorption into our lives. Well, it's all about me. And so it may have started with Burger King, have it your way, but it's kind of transformed into so many other aspects of life that I'll just, well, I don't need to go do that. I'll just have them come to me. And and pretty soon, if we're not careful, we can begin to drift inward and have an inward focus. But Jesus shows us that maybe the culture of when you can log in and pay up and it shows up isn't necessarily how you want to approach the spiritual life or the life of falling after him. That's a great luxury and it's a blessing. But don't let it breed self-absorption into your life. The, follow, the challenge of following Jesus and the call that he has is to live with a different mindset. That we're not the center of attention. And the focus isn't just about us or internally. It's to have this cultivating mindset that focuses outward and on others. And that's what I want to speak about tonight. So we've been in this refresh series and kind of helping understand three core values that we have as a church, this reach, equip, and send. That everything we do in some way, shape, or form 
is going to fit or flow or come out of that aspect. It's cultural values of what we want to be and kind of a missional value as we pursue our mission and vision. We looked at this uh, kind of the second week of the series and said, listen, the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, that is a, that is a statement of Jesus for the church, capital C church, like every church has that. Be about the great commission, the great commandment. Go make disciples of all nations. I want you to teach them to love God, to love people. Like, you're to be about that. But how each church carries that out might be kind of the flavor, right? And we talked about ice cream. Everybody loves ice cream, right? But not everyone loves vanilla, right? That's why they have 31 flavors. There's 31, maybe even more flavors, right? You have a maybe a flavor of ice cream that you like, and each church has a flavor of how they pursue the great commission and the great commandment. And our flavor is going to be reach, equip, and send. That, that's going to be the flavor of what we're about. We want to help reach people. We want to help them reach up to love God. We want to help reach out to love people. That We want to be known as a place of love. Does that mean we're perfect? No. Because there is no perfect love outside of Jesus, right? Look at your spouse and say, I love you. Are you perfect in that? Nope. Are you learning and getting better? Gentlemen, yes, we're getting better, right? That's our job, right? That's, we're getting better at this. We want to help people reach out and reach up to love God, to reach out to love others. We want to equip people to know how to follow Jesus. That's the kind of the posture of our whole, our whole church is, is about discipleship. Remember, we gave the definition of discipleship. Uh, disciple is someone who knows and follows Jesus, is becoming like Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. And so we want to equip people and help them kind of mature and grow and develop in your faith. Discipleship is a people development process spiritually. It's about developing people to be a, a person who's walking out faith. And so how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to do that through our gatherings here weekly as we gather that we're going to teach through the scriptures to learn more and more of what it means to be like Jesus. We're going to live out in serving opportunities that we have within the church and outside the church. Because when you serve, when you get out of your own comfort zone and out of your own inward focus, God has a way of showing up and teaching you more about where maybe things he wants to knock off of your life to say, listen, it's easy. It's not all about you, is it? Uh, and serving has a way of shaping more and more the depth of Jesus in you. We want to help equip people in, in personal faith practices. How, how do you learn to begin to feed yourself and not just be dependent on other people to do that, but how do you begin to own your faith? And we want to do that through groups, that groups matter here. And we kind of laid out two specific groups, and so I'm going to do one more plug for that, that our e-groups, what we kind of have this e-group is just an affiliation of people, could be between 10 and maybe 20 people at the max who are gathering uh, throughout the month and saying, hey, we're going to do this ongoing. We're going to live out the one another's of Scripture. We're going to study the Scripture and study the Bible for life change. We're going to help encouraging one another that you're not living life alone and I'm not living life alone and you need me and I need you. That's e-groups, right? Gathering throughout the week. And we're also kind of doing these discipleship groups, which are, for lack of a better word, kind of these micro groups, two or three or four people who are studying through some discipleship essentials. What does it really mean to be an apprentice, a follower of Jesus? And what would it look like for you to take six to nine months to go through this experience, go through this resource, and unpack some of these essentials of what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus? 
And so tonight, if you're here or if you're online, if you're online, email in to info at elementcitychurch.org and say, hey, I want to be a part of an e-group. We've got some new e-groups that are, some groups that are going now and some new ones that are launching here in the next few weeks. So if you want to be a part of that, we even have one for you who are Zoomers. Like, you're not, I'm not ready to come back yet. I, fine, we'll meet you online. That we can get. So we got a group that's for that. And so if you want to be a part of an e-group, let us know. Email in, stop by the sign-up sheet in the four-year outback. If you want to be part of a discipleship group, then jump in and sign up for that. We're getting ready to contact all of you who have signed up and get that rolling here in the next month, okay? So that's the plug. Now we kind of caught you up to speed a little bit on what you've missed, but I encourage you to go back and look. This idea of this third value, this idea of sin, is what I want to spend the rest of our time looking at tonight. What does that mean? How do we see that throughout the Bible? Sin is actually a very critical and important word we see all throughout the New Testament. The Apostle Paul uses it to describe, hey, I'm going to send you Timothy, or I'm going to send people to the churches that he helped establish. He modeled this idea of sin as he went himself out on missionary journeys and established the churches in the Gentile world. Leaving Jerusalem, he was sent to go establish these churches. In fact, I don't know if you knew this, but this word is actually one of the first recorded words we see in Jesus after the resurrection. Remember John 20, 21, this is what he says. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. That, that Jesus' command, his invitation, his, his iterance to his earliest followers post-resurrection, is it isn't just about you staying here and, and being with me. I'm actually going to send you just like the Father has sent me. And, and that, little, that little understanding changes the way we approach life if you let it. See, so much of our world has a tendency to be like the package, right? What's in it for me? What's about, how does this help me? And that's not bad. That's actually a blessing. That's a good thing to grow and develop and to have people pour into you, isn't it? But see, if it's just about you and just about what you get, well, then you're missing so much of what Jesus said to his earliest followers. Listen, the life of following me isn't just about following me and hanging around me. The life of following me is I'm going to send you and I'll be with you to the ends of the age and to the ends of the world. And in that process, you will grow. That this idea of where has God sent you, think about that. Where has God sent you? Into what sphere of influence, what connections, what workplace scenarios, what family dynamics and relationships, what friendships has he brought into your life for you to be a representative of him as he is sending you on mission. In Matthew 28, the great commission, go and make disciples of every nation. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said to those followers, you're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Meaning it wasn't just about staying in Jerusalem. The mission is too small if it's just staying home. If it's just about you then that's not God's mission. That's what you're trying to build. 
And we've been enfolded into something so much larger. And that outlives your life if you'll give your life away to it. Uh, this is what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, for the love of Christ compels us to go and to be his ambassadors. He goes on to say, we'll read it in a minute. But this idea of God's love, Christ's love compelling us to live life on the co, to take his love somewhere else. See, we are compelled to share the love of Jesus with all because after all, Jesus even loves you. And Jesus even loves me. Isn't that crazy to think about? That the creator of the heavens and earth actually likes you and loves you. And actually likes me and loves me. And so why would I hoard that? Why would I hoard that truth and, and that invitation? Why would I not just want to share that? Because people around this idea, the, the love of Christ compels. This, in Greek, it's literally this idea of this love of Christ hems us in or holds us on both sides. It takes away your options and it gives you no way out, meaning there's nothing else you can do. In the New Testament times, when you were a prisoner, there were typically two guards that were chained to you on side, on either side. You were hemmed in. There was nothing you could do on your own. And that's where this word is coming from, that there is no other option. It's not about hoarding it and holding it to yourself. It's this idea that you are compelled to must, you must do something with this that you have been given. See, sometimes we think the love of Christ gives us options. But Paul would have none of that. Paul would say, no, the love of Christ compels you to live as a sent one, to live as a person who will go out, to live as one who will share the care that Jesus has for you and will then share that care with the people next to you. God's love compels us to live on mission with him. Here's how Paul really says it. I'm just going to read it to you, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 20. If it helps you just to kind of close your eyes and listen to it, I just want you to listen to the, the heart behind what Paul is saying to the church. It says, Christ's love controls us. It compels us, he says. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, but how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, you are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through you. We speak for Christ when we plead to you. Come back to God. Friends, what you have to understand is what Paul is saying is, listen, You've been enfolded into this mission of Jesus' family. And you are included in it. You are forever adopted as a son and daughter. You are forever marked by his love. Let that sink in. You don't have to question whether you're loved when you make mistakes. Are you loved? Yes. 
there, we settled it. Now get back up and be a part of the mission I have for you. Is the mission to earn the love? Nope, you already got it. What's the mission? To share the love with people around you. Where has he sent you? That's a valid question. See, we're all sent differently. We gather as a church, but the church only works when it scatters to be the church. We can gather and be encouraged by the ways of Jesus, but if we don't scatter to live out the way of Jesus, then we are not the church. We're just a social club that has a banner of Jesus over it. And so the church is both and, not either or. And so this idea of living as a sent one is a big deal. Our job is to live as God's ambassadors, building relationships with others, investing and inviting with them. We are the holders of the message of reconciliation, that God said, this is my heart. Everybody matters to me, God says. He loves people. He cares about people. And because God cares, he sends you and he sends me to show his care to those that we encounter. Friends, so many people in our world don't believe that God loves them. They're not convinced that God is for them. They have bought a lie or a conspiracy theory that God is against them. But the cross of Jesus stands as a lasting testimony to how far God went to prove that he loves people. May we always be inspired by the cross for your sense of identity that Christ loves you and that your neighbor is loved just as much as you. That people with different skin tones are loved just as much as you. People with different political affiliations are loved just as much as you. See, when we label people We're labeling from a human perspective. God has one label for people. Loved. That's it. And he longs to be connected in relationship with them. You might be the only Christian that some people see. But God has specific people that he has put in your life and he will bring across your path that he is sending you to. Where has he sent you? Have you ever thought about life that way? Not what's in this for me, but God, who are you sending me to? Why did I find this job? Why am I at this school? Why am I in this network of friendships or or this neighborhood? Why has God placed you there? It's not just to bless you. It's awesome, he'll do that. But it's for you to be a blessing now. He's sending you. You are to live as a sent one. He will always get his message of hope out. He just happens to want to use you and to use me as part of the delivery system. That's, God was Amazon before Amazon. Delivering, wanting to let people know. He's given us the responsibility of the lives of people he's put across our path. In your life, don't just settle to pursue your purposes. Yours won't last past your lifetime. But if you give your life to pursuing the purposes of God, it'll have a ripple effect for all eternity. You want to return on investment? Invest there more 
than just the life you have. Invest in stuff that's bigger. Let your light shine. I love what Tim Keller says this. Being public about your faith simply means not hiding the wellspring of your life. Not hiding who you truly are. You don't have to be weird about shining the light of Jesus. Don't go to the break room and say, cupcakes, that's sweet. You want to know what else is sweet? Jesus, let me tell you about them. Weirdos do that, okay? Just don't hide the wellspring of your life. Has God means something to you? Then talk about it occasionally. Man, I was really having this hard time. God answered this prayer. I can't believe it blew me away. And people will usually go at that point, well, what do you, what, 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 what do, you do? Oh, you want to hear about it? Okay, well, I'll tell you about it. Uh, and then you're, you have an open. You just share life with people. If people are struggling, you say, I'd love to pray for you. I've had people pray for me, and it's really helped. And I would love to be a prayer warrior for you. And I know maybe this God thing isn't up your alley, but it, it, seems, like, it seems like you could pull out all the stops and use all the help you can get. And so would you be okay if I just prayed for you? And, and can I text you tomorrow to see how you're doing? Who in their right mind is going to say no to that? I don't know many. I think people are hungry for that. To just be real about Jesus, go and be my witnesses, Jesus said. See, Jesus' last command needs to stay a top priority for us. It can't just morph into what's in it for me. We are sent to be, N.T. Wright talks about, we are sent to be active agents for God and for his good in the world. I love that. What would it, how would it shape your life to wake up every morning and go, man, I'm an active agent for God? What, what? Like, is there a higher calling? Is there a higher purpose than that? I'm not just a nurse going to work. I'm not just a teacher showing up on a Zoom call for, for students. I'm an active agent for God and for his good in this world. And what would it look like to begin to live as a sent one? That's who you are as a follower of Jesus. If you're settling for anything less than that, then you're missing the life Jesus has for you. Don't miss it. You're to be a sent one. Jesus releases his people into the world to be agents of reconciliation, to be ambassadors of hope, to be stewards of justice. Does our world need more of that? Then guess who gets to do that? It's you. Wake up, church. It's you. It's not just me. It's not just leaders. It's every single one of you. And what if the church began to walk in that calling? Do you think the world might notice something different? See, to be an active agent, you're not going to win people by shouting. You're not going to win people through protest. You're going to win people through love, active and lived out. You are an active agent for God. Don't settle for anything less. And live into that calling. Adopt that mindset. Apathy. Apathy might just be the bigger problem than atheism for the church. It's our apathy that might be the biggest problem, bigger than atheism. And so the 
the idea is I want to live as an active agent. Now, I know for 70% of you, you're introverts. And you're like, active agent, scare me! You know how you can be an active agent as an introvert? A text message, write a note, send a card, call a friend. You don't have to grab a bullhorn and go down to U of A and start shouting the gospel. In fact, don't. That actually may do more harm than good because there's no relationship there. But what if you were to live out the relationship? See, listen, where has God sent you? That's the question. He has sent you. So where has he placed you? Where has he sent you? Into which neighborhood, to which coworkers, to which friends, to which acquaintances, to which establishments that you go day in and day out and week in and week out? And what if you just flipped your mindset and said, if I gotta run into this store to get something for me, that you run into the store to get something for you because it's important. You don't wanna go home to your wife without bringing that home, that's bad. But at the same time, you can run into that store and you know that clerk and you can know their name because they wear a badge with their name on it. And you can actually ask them week after week, how you doing? Anything have you prayed for you about? See, what if you begin to live as an active agent for God in the simple ways? I'm not asking you to, to do a whole campaign, just simple things. We have a value around here called the bleacher, bleachers of the cheap seats, right? that we've all been drafted into the game, we're equipped and gifted, that we can make a contribution into God's kingdom. We've been recreated in Christ to have an influence. We're to shine his light. Amanda Gorman read a poem at the inaugural, uh, in the inauguration this week. Uh, if you haven't watched it, Google it. Um, it was mesmerizing. I wept. As she shared this poem, poems are powerful. And this, her closing lines is, there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. See, that's more than just a political posturing of the moment we're in. Friends, that's biblical. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Be the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, but right after that, he turned around to his followers and said, you're the light of the world. So which is it? Both. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light we need. And then he turns around to his followers and said, now you're the light of the world. Why? Because as the Father has sent me, I send you. You are an active agent for me. Live like it. Awaken your heart and your soul to get behind that. You are a sent one. Now, the pressure of perfection in our culture tends to, to, to push back against us and we don't want to hit send, Right? I'm not going to do that the best possible way. Maybe someone would be better at that than me. I'm not sure I'm ready. What if this isn't enough? What if they don't receive this the right way? I don't know what to do, what to say. And so we don't hit send. Power belongs to the people who publish. 
That's the calling as a follower of Jesus is to publish yourself. You are his ambassador as though God were making his very appeal through you. So when the opportunities come, then step into them and hit send. Are you going to be perfect at it? No, neither am I. But it isn't about perfection because we follow a Jesus who said, listen, uh, you only got like a couple fish and a couple loaves of bread. That'll be enough. That'll be enough. See, Jesus is in the multiplying business. That's what he does. He's an expert at it. And what he's looking is for his people to say, I I got this. I can bring this. And you know what you're going to hear from your Savior? That's enough. Let's go. That's enough. And so into that moment, you begin to step forward. As the moment presents itself, don't hit delete. Don't leave it in the draft folder of life. Hit send. Do good. And watch Jesus go to work in the situation around you. You are an active agent for him. Live as a sent one. And as a church, we want to release and to send each follower of Christ to live this way, to approach every day of life this way. Because it's the way of Jesus. See, not everyone is your brother or sister in faith, but everyone is your neighbor, and you have been sent to love your neighbor. That's the truth, right? Christians don't just attend church. We are the church. We gather to refresh one another in the the ways of Jesus, but we scatter to live out the way of Jesus. And so in a moment, we're going to sing, and then we're going to do a couple other things here tonight, and then you're going to walk out those doors. And I want you to hear me. You are now commissioned. I want to remind you, you are being commissioned tonight to be the church Sunday night through next Sunday morning. And when you come back next Sunday or you tune back in next Sunday, guess what? At the end of the service, you're going to get recommissioned to be the church. See, the church is not a building. The church is a movement. It's a movement Jesus started when he said, hey, as the Father sent me, so I send you. Friend, live as a sent one. Give your life to that. Awaken to that. Pray into that. God, who would you send me to today? How would you help me live a sent one kind of life? Be an active agent. Bring what you got and watch Jesus go to work. It's what he does. It's what he loves to do. And so, Father, that's what I pray for our church, your church. God, for each one gathered here in this room, each one tuning in online, God, may we live as a sent one, an active agent for you and for your good in this world. We may not have all the plans of how to do that, but in our skill sets and our passions and our abilities that you've already pre-wired us with, would you awaken them? to be a tool for you in your hands. Jesus, as the Father sent you, would you help us to live as a sent one? An active agent for you on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday and Friday night and Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon and Saturday night and Sunday. And then to do it again 
and then to do it again, and then to do it again, because we are enfolded into your mission that's so much bigger than what our little purposes and our little life can be. You let us build and create, and that's beautiful. But you have sent us to be a delivery system for your love and your grace, your compassion and your truth. And God, would you help your church and this church be active in that role. And so Lord, as we sing, inviting you to bring revival, God, would you bring revival in our own heart, in my heart? Would you bring revival here in this church and in this city and in your church around this country and around the world, God? Would you help us to be your light trust you. You never know what an extraordinary God will do with ordinary steps of faith day after day after day after day after day after day. like a river wash over me immerse me in water as deep as sea hide me in love healing embrace peace like a river Wash over me as I worship your majesty, worship your holy name, Jesus, my
your presence and have it our praise as we cry holy, holy. You open the heavens, flee wide the gates, flood every yard with mercy. Pour out your presence and have it our praise as we cry Father, as you've done it before, would you do it again? Would you do it again? Would you do it again in me, in us, here, now? 
Father, would you empower us, not because of our strength, because of our surrender. Would you have your way to make new ways for many who are not here yet, who are wandering apart from you, would you bring them home? Would you let us be a small part of that? We commission each person here tonight that's a follower of Jesus, as an active agent for you and your good in this world, starting now. And there is no term limit, and there's no shelf life to that. For every day we got, if we're not dead, we're not done. May it be so, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're here in the house, to have a quick seat. We have something we want to do kind of special tonight. If you're online, I want you to stay with us and pray with us uh, from there. Uh, just a couple quick announcements to let you know. Just, again, if you're new, uh, we do giving around here a little bit different. We've got giving boxes in the back. A lot of folks give online. We don't pass a plate. And so thanks for being a partner with us and making everything go and happen. Uh, next week, you do not want to miss... Uh, we're doing our first worship night of the year, and uh, you're not going to hear me talk. That's kind of exciting. Uh, and so it's just going to be a night of worship. And so if you're tuning in from home and you're not ready to be here on site yet, then I just want to encourage you, maybe Sunday morning, uh, get the things done that you need to get done so that you could tune in and, and get distraction-free uh, for next week. If you're here with us, just uh, we'll continue to practice physical distancing, but just invite you to really bring your heart uh, and, and to bring your praise and to let God through his Holy Spirit touch your heart, your, heart, your life next week. Uh, the week following, uh, last announcement, is our Serve Sunday. And, and so every year when the Super Bowl rolls around, we go, hey, that's kind of dumb to do church at the same time as the Super Bowl. So uh, we serve in the morning. And so you're, we're inviting you now uh, at 8.30 on February 7th. We're going to meet at Catalina High School, a couple blocks to our west here. That's where we started at. And uh, meeting with uh, Mr. Parks tomorrow to figure out all the projects we'll be doing there. Some of it will be some inside painting because students aren't in school right now. So we may be doing some renovation of things that they'll walk back into in the, or whenever they go back. Um, and so we'll be working on that. And then we're going to actually have an online service option that will be available from noon on. You can log in at any point and check that out. We'll have some worship. I'll give a short message. Uh, but it'll be online only that Sunday night, February 7th. If you come here, uh, not only will you miss the Super Bowl, but you'll be sad and lonely. And, and I, I don't want that for you. So find a friend, maybe go catch the game with them. Uh, maybe your small group can get together, whatever that may be. Uh, and then February 14th, we'll start a brand new series all about the three laws of love because that's Valentine's Day and it seems fitting. And it'll be good. So uh, join us back for normal then. Okay, sound good? That's the announcements. I want to invite uh, our elders up here. So if that's you, you know who you are. I uh, invite you to kind of stand up here behind me. Uh, I, friends, I want to introduce to you our elder team. 
Uh, it takes uh, an incredible privilege and it's a precious uh, and noble thing to shepherd and to lead a church. And so we have two kind of entities that watch over your church, uh, our board uh, that has men and women on it. Uh, we've had some shuffling with that, but they do a great job of kind of monitoring and managing our mission and vision and making sure we're not putting the church in the ditch and keeping me accountable. And, and so our board does a great job. We have some strong, strong ladies in leadership gifts on that board, and I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for the new folks that will be a part of that over the next year or so. And so if you're on our board, maybe just shoot up your hand. Some of you are here, some are maybe watching online. But tonight, for the first time in the history of Element City Church, we are establishing an elder team. And I'm very excited about this. Uh, yeah, you can clap for that. <laughs> so... We have women who serve in strong capacities on the board with me, uh, but our elder team is going to work alongside in companionship with them, and really they're to help shepherd and care for the church. And so we're going on a year-long journey of what does it mean to be an elder. I want to read one scripture passage uh, tonight that's taken from uh, one of the elders of the early church, Peter, the Apostle Peter. He writes this, and now a word to you who are elders in the church. This is to you guys. As a fellow elder, he says, I appeal to you to care for the flock that God has entrusted to you, to watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Do not lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your good example. And so as an elder team, these elders and friends are going to work with me to help care and shepherd our church. Um, they're going to be a pace setter in discipleship, helping to build in and to develop other disciples, to exercise wisdom, to have strength of character, integrity, uh, of uh, a worthy integrity that's worth imitating. They'll lead in reconciliation issues as those arise, and they will care and shepherd, guard the doctrine and truth of Christ, and lead by example. That's what we're committing to you to do. And so as an elder team, we have women in incredible leadership capacities on our board. We established that early on and did that on purpose. And now as an elder team, we have men who are going to lead us. And, and I'm just being honest, I can't find a woman elder in the scriptures. And so that's why we're doing this, is we want women in high-level leadership, and we have that. And we also want men leading as elders, and so we have that now. And so I'm going to ask, if you're here, uh, if you would stand with me, and if you feel like you want to reach out your hand in prayer, I'm just going to pray a blessing and a commissioning over our elder team, and you can do that from home or do that here, and so would you pray with me? I love you guys. I'm so excited about this. Okay. <clears throat> Father in heaven. We entrust this church always and forever to your care and to your guidance and to your leadership. You are the good shepherd who stands watch over your bride, the church. You have established and called leaders to lead in the movement of your church. And so today, we set aside and commission these men to partner with your spirit, to stand guard, and to set the example for this church. I ask that you would give us wisdom and discernment straight from you. Would you give us ears to hear from you and how to pray and guide and love your church, all of those who call her home now and all who will in the future? Would you put your blessing upon these guys, their families, protection, provision in all ways? Bless their marriages and their influence for your name's sake. Give them favor to lead their families and to lead this church family. 
Grant us the insight necessary to champion each member of your church family toward you, growth in relationship with you, and your kingdom good that's within our reach. May you move us forward in unity and wisdom to go where you lead and to be all about what you'd have us to do. So we as elders of your church commit to this adventure that you have for us in this moment of history. May we see many come to faith in Jesus and grow in him. May we see our skills and lives leveraged as a whole church for your good in this city. And may we enjoy the journey as a whole entire church family. We ask that you'd utilize elements to make a kingdom-sized difference for Jesus. And may his fame grow in renown and reach through your beloved family called Elements City Church. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends. See you next week.